Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 I come to you right now, January 2nd on a Saturday with the weekend content, because look, I'm not going to never do weekend content. I made a pledge to do less work on the weekends in 2021 and more time to just hang out, relax, max all cool, but we're still going to hang out, relax, max all cool today. Definitely might see some of my buddies, but, but, but. I got some time this morning. I'm not forcing myself to do this. I want to do this. And if this was a 10-game slate, you could be damn sure I would not be doing content for it because it takes double the prep time, double the players, double the uh, projections, all that type of stuff. But it's just a five-game slate, light injury reporting news, basically just one team for the most part today to discuss. And then we can get right into my early interest for the five-game slate that I use for my projections and really source for my early projections rankings. I make a early-in-the-morning base projections, right? Menace projections, things like that. And then I do a final look over and really a, a final hour of really tweaking point per minute production, really pounding down the rates of these players so far this season through the couple of game sample size that we have. So you can find all those projections and value rankings and super draft projections as well linked down below on my Patreon. Just check it out, follow along there. And if you're not already subscribed to this channel, what are you doing? We are like 20 away from 35,000 subscribers. I appreciate that a ton. If you have not been rocking with us for the NFL content, if that's not your thing, well, then that's fine. You're here for the NBA right now and hit that big old like button, hit that subscribe button. And if you've been rocking with us from the NFL content and now you're not rocking with us anymore right now during this content, Content, this NBA content, then what the hell are you doing with yourself? Give yourself another New Year's resolution and fix that right now by smacking that like button and smacking that subscribe button as I smack you with the information that you came here for. All free, by the way, because you got people putting this type of content, right? This type of content behind paywalls, just breaking down the slate, letting you know the information on the injury news, and just letting you know the information that you need to know when it comes to early interest rates, things like that with these rotations. This video is sponsored and brought to you today. The only reason we're up on a Saturday right now at 5 a.m. East Coast time. Well, we always are. You got to stay yourself fresh. Keep yourself fresh. Start your year off right. But that's thanks to Superdraft. Our friends, our very friendly friends over at Superdraft, they continue to sponsor these videos. And we'd be rocking with them extremely right now. You can see their logo up above. Now, what is Superdraft? It's a multiplier format if you're not familiar. There's no salary caps. So if you wanted to play somebody, for example, let's say Joel Embiid today, if he has a 1x multiplier, if he scores 45 points, he gets 45 Superdraft points. But as you can see on the screen, for an example, if you're watching on YouTube, these players are out today. But let's just say Emmanuel quickly was to play. He's questionable. He's not one of the ones that is out. He has a 2x multiplier. We're not expecting much out of him. It's just just an example, but if he was to score 20 points today, well, then he'd actually get two times that and get given, get given, how do you like that one, 40 super draft points. So it's all about the multipliers. We do have projections for you all to help you out. Link down below on Patreon. But if you're not already on there, and I'm telling you right now, people continue to win on Superdraft in the Discord. I continue to get four or five figure wins on Superdraft, multiple five figure wins in the last month to month and a half alone on Superdraft from our community because it is still soft. I've seen about 40 people sign up over the last three days alone over on Superdraft. If you are not over on Superdraft signing up, start it off, make it another New Year's resolution for you. Bang, do that right now. My name's Sal. Get you a free money bonus up to $1,000. You get it as you play in a slow drip format. Again, that is just S-A-L. When you sign up, it says you have a promo code. You could use that. You're leaving money on the table and ROI on the table. You should be playing these other sites. I am right now very deep into Superdraft, and I am extremely deep into another sponsor, Jock Market, that if you have any questions about, uh, we could talk about. But it's because these sponsors are inefficient, right? My projections, if I just run optimals in Jock Market and try and get value there, and I try to run optimals in Superdraft, you're going to be making a lot more money and a lot more ROI because people over there are not yet as experienced. They don't take it as seriously. They're not changing their players out based on news, which you need to be active on news for the NBA. So be sure to take advantage of it because if you're somebody like yeah i check my news for DraftKings lineups yeah i could definitely get over for an extra couple of seconds or minutes to super draft and change some of that stuff out you're basically just going to be some nights winning automatically money and then it's just a matter of how much money you're winning that night so why don't we get over to the injury and status dashboard where you're gonna have one player from cleveland and then it's basically like all of new york and then we got a guy from orlando on here as you can see right now on the screen a is going to be out yet again and we thought on thursday that we were going to be getting or actually two games ago we were going to be getting dante x at the start he doesn't start and then he's not on the starting lineup and people are like should i stay still playing and i'm like no you should probably not play 
value guard off the bench that might not play 20 minutes. He only played 16 minutes. Not great. Popcorn Machine does not have the games on the 31st stuff, but he ended up playing 28 minutes and he started that game and he didn't play great, which is going to maybe keep some people off of him. But Dante Exum is a pretty solid, I will not say anywhere near fantastic. I will not say that he's elite, but he's a pretty solid fantasy point per minute producer. If you're just looking for somebody that's going to get minutes, played 28 in that last one. If we can count on around 28 to 30 minutes out of him, if he can average three quarters of a fantasy point per minute, around 0.75, somewhere around there, more times than that, he's going to be paying off this salary at around 20 to 22 fantasy points. And now outside of his small sample size this year, I actually think he's a little bit better, closer to a 0.8 fantasy point per minute producer. So a lot of people are going to take just that one game, which in the NBA and in fantasy in general, if you're just taking one game's performance to really sway your outcomes or one variable of uh, minutes or one variable of what he did last time against his opponent to sway your outcomes, you're automatically going to be losing long-term because you're making bad decisions off of improper information. So Koro being out, assuming that Exum gets the starting nine again, is going to be at least one value play that I don't think is anywhere near standout value and extreme value, but it's a value play early on that I do think is going to be at least worth mentioning. Now, when it comes to New York, New York today is going to be a team that yet again, and we've had this for a couple of days now, they're missing a lot of guys. Now they got Austin Rivers back in that last game. So that did change some things to the rotation, but Alec Burks is questionable. They said he was going to miss some time. He's now missed two games. How much does some time mean? It's been about a week. So we'll see if he's going to return. He's questionable at $5,400. Frank Nielakina and Dennis Smith Jr. already ruled out. And the rookie Emmanuel Quickly is going to be questionable as well. Quickly has only played 12 minutes this year before suffering an injury. Dennis Smith has only played 17 minutes this year and Frank Nielakina 42. So Nielakina actually is going to matter to this rotation. Alec Burks has played 82 minutes, has missed the last two games, and he has a massive usage rate. He has in 82 minutes this year, a 25% usage rate so far and a 20% assist percentage. So Alec Burks, although Frank Nielakina will pick up minutes, not a great fantasy point per minute producer. He's been about 0.8 this year, but historically below the 0.8 threshold and sometimes below 0.7. What Alec Burks is going to be giving you if he's out is even more usage for when guys like RJ Barrett are on the court, for when guys like Alfred Payton are on the court, even guys like Kevin Knox who's probable today. Uh, I don't plan to play Kevin Knox, but even when he's on the court, he just gets a little bit more usage. Kevin Knox so far this season sporting a 16% usage rate, Alfred Payton around a 25% usage rate. So I would say that Alec Burks is pretty important information. And then Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross for Orlando is going to be back today. And you have Evan Fournier going to be questionable. So this is, I would say Alec Burks is the second most important information on the slate. I would say Fournier is the most important because he's just been a starter this year. He's averaging about 32 minutes per game. If you're just looking at usage rates on this team, Evan Fournier is about one of like four starters to see about a 20% usage rate. You have Cole Anthony, the rookie off the bench, seeing that. Nikola Vucevic, Terrence Ross off the bench, and Markel Fultz, the starting point guard. And it's also important because Fournier has played the third most minutes so far on the team this year. He's played 127 minutes. And if he's going to go out, you still have Aaron Gordon on this like 25 minutes limit. But if you have Evan Fournier going out, what you're going to probably see is a lot more run for a guy like Terrence Ross, whose usage rate goes to 32% and becomes a team leading 32% at that point with no Evan Fournier on the court so far in a smaller sample of about 68 minutes. You'll see a little bit of upside for Michael Carter Williams to get some more uh, just minutes on the court. He averages about 0.76 fantasy points per minute with no Evan Fournier, but you're also going to see Cole Anthony. He sports a 24% usage rate in 91 minutes. Again, these are small samples, 1.2 fantasy points per minute. So if Evan Fournier is out, Terrence Ross becomes uh, probably the most uh, plug and play type of guy, but there will be other direct benefits to guys like Cole Anthony, to Markel Fultz to a lesser extent, to guys like Michael Carter Williams and Dwayne Macon to a lesser extent. So I, I would mainly go to Terrence Ross and then Cole Anthony, depending on what happens there. If Evan Fournier is in, not too much interest in him and, and really hurts all those other guys. So target off and cheat on the screen on the YouTube version right now. And basically there's a 5 p.m. game, so we, we can touch on that, but not, we don't really have to. Houston has a massive total around 120, 119.75 is five point favorites over Sacramento. I'm not playing anything with showdown slates. So if you have any questions about that, honestly, I will not have any projections or anything like that. I just won't be covering uh, that showdown slate. But for the main slate, you're going to have Atlanta. And Atlanta's offense this year is going to be something that, yeah, I expect like a borderline top 10 offense, and I would not be shocked if it's higher than that. They're off season additions, obviously having Trey Young there, now actually having guys set up for Trey Young to make some shots, whoever it might be on this team, right? You have Clint Capella working a little bit better now, played his most minutes in that last game, played very well, 
on the pick and roll. You have guys that they just didn't have last year performing for them. Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, at least early on this year, Reddish been somewhat consistent and Hunter falling off a couple over the past couple of games, but these are just guys that are now making shots, which helps Trey be maybe the assist leader in the NBA by the end of the season. So they have the highest total on this slate, basically on the five game slate by, and the next closest is their opponent by six and a half points over Cleveland. So yes, that is going to be important. Obviously that's already factored into projections right now on this small slate and a small sample. This is actually going to be the fastest paced game on the slate right now with a 107.42 pace projection projected pace is just how many possessions per team in this game so that's a lot of possessions I mean when you compare it to like Indy and New York and this is why their team total partially is lower just 98.8 projected pace so so around nine more plays per team in this Atlanta and Cleveland game than for example Indy and New York that's where you're going to see a massive difference from a 233 game total to a 214 and a half the 233 game total is 15 points higher than any other total in the slate if you've been watching this content you know if the highest total on the slate is only like one, two, three, maybe four more points higher than any other total on the slate, it's not that big of a deal. It's kind of marginal, but you have to keep your eye on this. The late night hammer, 7.30 p.m., the last game on the slate, has a 15 point higher than any other total on the slate. That is massive, and the pace is going to be reflecting that. So yes, these players from Atlanta and Cleveland, you're going to see on the early interest in a second, they are appealing to me, and even if they don't make the early interest, I still will be getting exposure, especially, especially if they're not that highly owned. We don't have to spend too much time here. Charlotte is on a back-to-back -back after a lot of guys putting up stinkers last night Atlanta also on a back-to-back -back. and I don't believe any of the other teams that we're looking at at least right now are going to be on a back-to-back -back. so now let's get into the early interest the part of the program that you all love so much so welcome in here so the early interest I'm going to give you like 12 guys right now this is a five game slate I obviously have more interest in than just 12 guys right but we're going to give you 12 guys we'll talk through some of their rates we'll talk through some of the reasons why I sourced this stuff for my early on projections that stuff can change as I kind of hammer down some stuff and get my exposures later on it is Saturday so I do not believe I'm going to be doing a live stream later uh, it's definitely not a zero percent chance but the 4 p.m. live streams during the week. Now that the NFL playoffs will be starting up are going to become more frequent. We did about three last week. Maybe we can get to four or five as the week goes on with these pre-recorded videos. When I do content, you'll find projections as well on Patreon as well. So you can follow along with those, but I'm not sure if I'll be doing the live stream today. Probably going to actually just hang out with either my girlfriend or my buddies, but I hope you all have a great rest of your Saturday. Let's get into this now. Again, anything else you want to reference? Anybody that gets ruled out? Hey, Sal, what is this doing? On a weekend, it's going to be less likely that I answer you, but you can check it on the updated projections as long as there are projections posted that day. So we start up at the top and you're going to have like Trey Young on this slate and he's right around the same price point as Joel Embiid. And I like both of them. They both look pretty damn good to me. In my opinion, I will just side with the upside center, right? Trey Young obviously has 70 or 80 point upside. The guy can absolutely go out there and drop 45 points. He can get you 15 assists and then bam, bam, he's in a good spot for you. And he's basically been producing like a $10,000 player all season. But Joel Embiid is somebody that I think is just going to be absolutely fantastic for you. Embiid in the last game, maybe this keeps ownership off of him. A stinker, 40 points. Well, because he only plays 26 minutes in that game, basically like 10 less than he's playing all year long because it turns into a blowout because of how damn good he was early on in that game he's played 130 minutes the fourth most on his team this year and he's sporting a team leading 30 percent usage rate so far in 1.52 fantasy points per minute i mean you get so much upside out of Embiid if he actually plays around those 35 minutes or so like if you're looking at a season average you're only going to see 30 minutes per game because there's two blowouts in there that led him to play like 32 minutes and then those 26 minutes but he has a 38 minute game so far this year a couple games over 35 now under his belt to start the season if you get a 35 minute game here if this game can stay close against charlotte i'm not sure that it will charlotte on a back-to-back -back, if they're going to rest any players any of their older players I don't think it'll matter too much uh they're a pretty young team for the most part but if it was to get out of hand then yeah Embiid's sitting there probably with 28 minutes and like 45 fantasy points for you and that might not be able and it likely isn't to get it done for you but I do like Embiid here because the upside that he's going to possess today Joel Embiid at $10,000 is way too cheap especially on a five game slate where there's a lack of payup options just him and also right now Trey Young the only options at 5k or above we have some pretty decent value in the 5 4 3k range early on right now so it's easy to get up to these guys I'm not against playing both of them but I like to 
prefer centers. Centers score the most points for you in fantasy, and they're also the most consistent with the most consistent ceiling. So when I'm choosing between a point guard and a center, even if it is somebody like Trey Young who can absolutely go off, I'm just usually going to lean to the center unless something is running me away from that. So you're going to get the blocks upside over two blocks per game this year. You're getting around a 19% total rebounding rate. Joel Embiid for me at $10,000 is who I would prefer right now. It is close between him and Trey, but give me Joel Embiid. Next up is Andre Drummond, and we already have the news that Kevin Love, I didn't put in the injury stuff because this has been known now for a couple of days, basically, I think since Monday. He's going to be out at least a couple of weeks. They're saying like three plus weeks right now. And if that's the case, you're going to continue to see Andre Drummond eat. But what you saw in that last game, he only played 25 minutes because they blow out ensued. He has to. He's been so efficient. And yes, without Kevin Love this year, he's going to remain insanely efficient. On the season this year, he's averaging 1.61 fantasy points per minute. Now, Kevin Love hasn't played a ton of minutes, just 46 minutes. But if you take off Kevin Love's 46 minutes, his 1.61 fantasy points per minute stays around 1.6 overall, but he gets up to a 32% usage rate. He actually has a 16% assist percentage and close to a 30% total rebounding rate. So obviously Drummond has been fantastic. You throw in that he's averaging 3.4 steals so far and 3.8 blocks so far per his 36 minutes. That's absolutely fantastic. I mean, he's yes, he's balling out, but those steals numbers, those box numbers, the efficiency that he's having through assists with this much usage, it's not going to remain. Now he's a center very much so like Joel Embiid. So the closer to the basket he is, the better. This game against Atlanta, I do suspect to stay close. These are not two great teams. I do think Atlanta is far better than Cleveland. But based on the spread in this game, if this game does indeed stay close, we have seen Drummond be able to play 32 minutes out there. Go out there and play 32 to 34 minutes. Close out games depending on what Atlanta runs as their starting lineup. Atlanta does have a, a pretty natural in the paint center in Clint Capella who's getting his minutes ramped up. That only helps Andre Drummond stay on the court. When the center is somebody like Nikola Jokic who can take you out to the three-point line or let's just say like a James Wiseman, the rookie for Golden State who can take you out to the three-point line and all over the court, that hurts Drummond because he becomes more of a liability. He can't really get out to the top of the paint as much. He has to stay in. He prefers to roam around in the paint. The rebounding rate's there. The box upside, not as much movement for him. Now, Andre Drummond gets to kind of just stay in the paint. This is a fantastic spot for Andre Drummond. This is a spot where we can project him for pretty comfortably 30 plus minutes, and we can project him close to his 1.6 fantasy points per minute since there's no Kevin Love out there, and he is just absolutely eating rebounds right now. That's how it's actually hurting Larry Nance. Larry Nance is normally a pretty good play, especially at 6,900 today, but when he's standing right next to instead of Kevin Love, it's Andre Drummond. The rebounds are just getting soaked up by Drummond, and that's how you get those big contracts. You pad your stats with those extra three or four rebounds a game, and instead of averaging 10 rebounds a game, you're averaging 13 rebounds a game, and bam, there you go. Get yourself a couple extra million dollars. So right now, Andre Drummond at $9,200 looks fine. His 1.1x multiplier on this presenting sponsor, Superdraft. I actually prefer to Joel Embiid. I actually think I like Drummond over Embiid today, saving about almost $1,000 there. Now we find ourselves in what is a pretty loaded mid-K range, and it's a very similar mid-K range as we had, I think, two or three days ago when we had New Orleans and also OKC on the exact same slate. I think that was one of the smaller five or six game slates. But you're going to start it off with Brandon Ingram. We can knock these guys out at the same time since they're on the same team. Brandon Ingram at $8,100 and Zion at 78 So a couple things to know about these guys. Brandon Ingram got thrown out in the last game, so he didn't get to finish out the game and play his normal 35 minutes of play. And Zion Williamson got into foul trouble, which is going to happen with Zion. He got into foul trouble in the first half of that game. And then in the second half, he sat the final seven and a half minutes because there was a blowout. So Zion probably lost. He only played 17 minutes in that game. He probably lost about 17 minutes in that game. In the first half, he lost about seven minutes or so, maybe even eight, nine minutes or so. And in the second half, he lost out on closing the game with about seven minutes. So he probably was going to play around 32, 34 minutes in that game. So that'll probably keep people off of them, but I'm pretty sure people will be able to notice what was happening there. But both of these guys are in play for me. So far this season, I've liked when they're at the exact same price point of like 8k flat each or 7900 each i've liked brandon ingram a little bit more it's going to be pretty marginal the same exact way ingram with a 28.8 percent usage rate zion now with a 30 percent usage rate on the season ingram leading this team in minutes but again zion would basically be co-leading if it wasn't for that last game's foul trouble and then actually leaving the game early zion only averaging 1.11 fantasy points per minute that's going to change so that's what you're getting here in terms of value you're getting ingram at 1.25 you're basically getting ingram yes he has a ceiling around the 55 60 point range that he can hit but you're basically getting him at his appropriate price maybe i can see him get up to 8500 but ingram at 8100 he's fair he's okay
okay. But Zion would be the one that I prefer over Ingram because his 1.1 fantasy points per minute, that's not going to hold up. He's going to start averaging 1.2, closer to 1.3, more than that in some games. And that's when you start to get Zion priced around $8,500 and you're seeing him, oh, $7,800. That's a very nice value. So Zion's value right now, I do like, is a higher total rebounding rate than Mr. Brandon Ingram. The big thing that Ingram has is a 29% assist percentage, which leads this team. It's more than Monzo Ball right now, who has a 23%. It's way more than Zion, who's only right now at an 8%, not an assist guy. So Ingram is going to have that upside for you to hit the triple doubles, but I'll actually prefer Zion Williamson for $300 cheaper. Ingram has a more consistent path to minutes because less foul trouble, a more consistent path to, uh, let's just say, median projection because of his assists. But when you factor in the price discount and just the overall ceiling that you have Zion performing way lower than he has any time last year, and I don't think the addition of Eric Bledsoe is the reason why he's going to average now 1.1 fantasy points per minute instead of like 1.25. So I'll prefer Zion to Ingram today. It's not a major difference, but that is where I will be going for $300 less. Kyle Lowry is somebody that's hard to get away from because you just know what you're getting. It is just so consistent out of Kyle Lowry. As long as the game doesn't blow out, he's going to be playing his 36 to 38 minutes. And when he's playing 36 to 38 minutes, no matter how poorly he's performing in that game, this year averaging 1.07 fantasy points per minute, he's going to basically get you right around 40 points because he's just that good. He averages around a fantasy point per minute, a little bit more than that. So he's either finishing with 38 or 42 points. So he's never the guy that's ruining your lineup. Now on those nights, he's not helping your lineup a ton, but you can still win a GPP with 40 points out of an $8,000 player. The upside becomes when he starts shooting a little bit better, averaging a 23% usage rate right now. He has a 55 effective field goal rate. So all these things are fine. 34% assist percentage. Once he actually gets you an extra steal or assist in that game, makes an extra bucket, right? These are things that are just variants, randomness into your lineups. That's when he becomes a nice play. And that's when I really want to play him in GPPs. So at $8,000, you have a, such a secure floor around like 35 points, unless something goes uh, south with injuries or foul trouble, things like that, or a blowout. But assuming those things don't happen and they're very hard to project for, especially injuries, uh, but assuming those things don't happen, yeah, he's going to score for you around 36 or 38 to 40 points a night with the upside of those 50 plus point nights. If it's his night, right? Last night, it was Fred Van Vliet's night. Two games ago, it was Pascal Siakam's night to get into the mid 40s. If it's his night on this team, if he's just making an extra shot or two, picking up an extra steal, that's when his 40 points becomes 50 points. So I do like Kyle Lowry. He's just a GPP play. And somebody that's very similar to that, that we continue to say on the show, and it's almost like, when is it going to happen at this point? Again, keep in mind, it's only been like five games. I think just four games for these guys, actually, in OKC. But SGA, who still leads his team in almost every category, he's playing 11 more minutes than anybody else, 28% usage rate. That last game was gross. It blew out the whole first quarter. They couldn't score at all. It was very disgusting. I mean, this is what you expect out of this other team. They're going to be bad. Uh, they're actively tanking in, in a good way, though. They're rebuilding for the future, right? You're getting the whole process being done right now in OKC. If you're not familiar, they're loading up on a ton of draft picks. The way that they're kind of getting rid and eating some veteran dead cap salary to load up on even more draft picks like Al Horford. 31% assist percentage for SGA so far this year, close to a 10% defensive rebounding rate, getting over a steal per game, getting around a block per game. So the upside is there for SGA. You just need these games to stay close. The second he starts playing 35, 36 minutes, this price tag right now, this is why DraftKings isn't making him 75, 7,400 because all the underlying stats on SGA are like, okay, the second this guy plays 35 minutes and just shoots half decent, right? When he takes his 16 attempts and he's making eight to 10 and not just making five or six and he gets to play 35 or 36 minutes in a close game, this is really going to start clicking for this team. So SGA at $7,900, he's very similar to Lowry. Lowry's the more consistent GPP play there, if you will. But SGA is the one play on this slate that if you're looking for a guy in like the 7K range that I say, oh yeah, that guy can score 65 and just absolutely end the slate tonight. If you keep going down a little bit more, you're going to get the Gordon Hayward who absolutely laid a stinker last night. And this entire team did, right? Charlotte, another bad team, another team that is kind of just a very weird mech mix, if I was to say so myself. Like LaMelo Ball still just playing these uh, shorter minutes beyond some veteran guards and Terry Rozier. And Devontae Graham, you have just a kind of a hodgepodge of guys. They gave this massive contract to Gordon Hayward, which was a little bit questionable. Hayward yesterday in the blowout plays 27 minutes. Guy doesn't really get into foul trouble. Got into foul trouble the game before that. When he's not in foul trouble, when he's not playing a blowout, like you saw the first couple of games of the year, he's going to play about 35. He's going to play about 36 minutes. So if we can project Hayward for about 35 minutes, and we know what his point per minute production is so far this season, around 1.05, I even give him a little bit more than that as probably the best player on this team. The assist percentage is something that's very surprising to me early on. It's nice to see that. He has guys that can actually 
actually knock down shots, a 25% assist percentage. He has guys that can go down the roster and knock down shots. You, I mean, you can get even all the way down to Miles Bridges. You don't have to just say Terry Rogier. You don't have to just say Devontae Graham. So yes, Gordon Hayward leading the team in minutes right now. He's up there as like a top three player in usage and assist percentage. So Hayward at $7,200 with the price point basically staying the same at this point. I'm okay to get there as well. And then you jump all the way down to the six range. We talked about all these New York guys being out. That's going to help, especially Alec Burks. So here's again, uh, this was the, the, the situation the other night when the Knicks played. If Alec Burks is out, I have a little bit more confidence in Alfred Payton. The game blew out last time for the Knicks. Alfred Payton doesn't get his full run. That's a concern. He only scores 24 points. That's going to happen when you don't get to get your extra five minutes of play in the game. But Alfred Payton this year, 25% usage rate, 29% assist percentage. Anything really like above 24, 25 is going to be good, especially for Alfred Payton, around the 30%. And he's averaging about 0.94 fantasy points per minute. Now let's see what happens when Alec Burks is off the court. He's not playing a ton of minutes next to Alec Burks, but he's definitely playing some minutes next to Alex Burks. When Alec Burks is off the court, the assist percentage for Alfred Payton, in a small sample again, this is only about 100 minutes, but it goes from about 28% to 32.2%, right? The usage rate goes from about 24% to 25%. So there is some upside here. He has not been shooting great. A 48% effective field goal rate. That's going to be something that, I mean, he's just not an efficient shooter. He's a guy who likes to drive. He'll pop some threes, but he's not efficient. But at $6,100, a starting point guard that outside of foul trouble and all this stuff, we can project out pretty comfortably for 32 minutes, right around there, around a fantasy point per minute. I do like that at 6,100. Scroll down a little bit more for some of these final names on the slate. We finally saw Al Horford in that last game gets a little bit of usage, right? He sat in the one game. He finally now has been averaging over a fantasy point per minute. He played well in that last game. He was about $6,000, scored you 30 fantasy points. I do think that Al Horford is going to be somebody that you can rely on for around 30 minutes of play. I do think that he's going to be performing a lot better on this team than in Philadelphia and probably project for closer to like 1.1 fantasy points per minute as the season goes on. So Horford and, and Alfred Payton, if there's no Alec Burks, I probably prefer, prefer Alfred Payton, but Horford is also fine if you need to finish out your lineup with the center. The reason why I don't want to do that is you're about to see a, a run on centers right here. There's a lot of value centers on the slate. Whether it's Mitch Robin, we can continue to talk about Mitch Robin, how much I like Mitch Robin. Honestly, how he's right there right now. He continues to play these 26 to 28 minutes when he's not in foul trouble. That's very good. And Julius Randle is slowly not performing as well. So you're seeing more rebounding opportunities and chances these last two games for Mitchell Robinson. A 14% total rebounding rate. He now is ahead of Julius Randle for the team lead out of all the starters on this team. Only, only the backup in Orleans Noel has a higher rate and less minutes. Mitchell Robinson averaging just 0.8 fantasy points per minute. That is going to change. That is going to change. Mitchell Robinson averaging a 55% effective field goal rate. That's still pretty decent, but you're going to be expecting some other stuff to go up a little bit here, whether it's his box at 2.8 per 36 right now, whatever it might be, whether it's just the overall rebounding rate getting closer to 20%. Mitchell Robinson is a center that is not a 0.8 fantasy point per minute producer. We can expect closer to one fantasy point per minute plus out of Mitchell Robinson. And when that starts happening, he's going to start becoming a $6,000 player. He seems to have cured his foul trouble problem that he's had in the past year, year and a half. And now all we need is efficiency. We're working on like a four game small sample in which two of those games, you had monster performances and really three of them from a guy standing next to him, Julius Randle, soaking up all the usage around the basket, all the rebounding chances, all the box chances, all that type of stuff. Now you have like a one or two game sample without that. And Robinson has been fine. 27, 28 fantasy points at this price point is actually decent for you. And on a five game slate, he's another one of these SGA types just at a cheaper price point where, okay, he stayed out of foul trouble, played his 30 minutes, and he stopped averaging a pretty pedestrian 0.8 fantasy points per minute. And he averaged closer to his 1.1 fantasy points per minute. And he just scored us 40 points. So Robinson is definitely in play. The next gap is going to be somebody that you just have to keep an eye on news for this. Clint Capella is arguably the cheapest player on the slate in terms of, or the best bang for your buck, I should say, on the slate right now. Clint Capella, if he's actually going to play minutes, and this last time out, we got to see it. He was limited to 20 minutes and 20 minutes. Then we got to see 30 minutes in their back-to-back -back games against Brooklyn. He comes out there and he plays fantastic because you know what you're going to get out of Capella. He averages over a fantasy point per minute. Clint Capella right now, coming off of that game, he scored about 36 fantasy points. The only concern that I would have for this is, yes, he's came back and he's limited, and now it is a back-to-back. -back. Do they sit Clint Capella here? Do they sit Clint Capella here and do you get some backup usage out of some of the backups from Atlanta and they become value? Right now, assuming that news that I have, Clint Capella is not ruled out. Again, it is a back-to-back -back and this is a player that they've been limiting. So I'm not shocked to see Clint Capella get ruled out. But if he does not get ruled out, he's been great.
rate. He's been averaging 1.2 fantasy points a minute. He's at a 22.2% defensive rebounding rate, and he's seen so far a 16% usage rate in his 69 minutes of play. Again, that last game, he played 30 minutes. That was yesterday. And this is why it's more difficult to get to Al Horford and some of the other more expensive or mid-range option centers like Nikola Vucevic because Clint Capella looks fantastic. Clint Capella is going to project out for 30 plus fantasy points at $5,200 and probably be the top value on the slate as I record this. The one problem is there's a chance and there's something in the back of my head just saying he's going to get ruled out based on the fact that he is a veteran that they are limiting in their minutes and now it's a back-to-back. But if he does play in this game, I'm going to project him for close to 30 minutes and I'm going to be saying they took the training wheels off and I'm going to be saying he's a top value and I like him a lot. Next up is Bismack Biombo. Bismack Biombo has just been pretty consistent going out there, right? Bismack Biombo is somebody that we know is a pretty decent fantasy point per minute producer. His defense is the liability, so that kind of determines if he'll be on the court as much. Now his defense against Joel Embiid, that's going to be a major concern. Do they just say, ah, we really can't be putting Bismack Biombo out there that much and they end up giving him like 20 four minutes in this game. That is a concern, but he's now played 28 or more minutes in four straight games. He's played 30 minutes in three out of those four games. And it's all really just about volume for him, right? He gets six shot attempts in each of the previous four games before yesterday's game. They're on a back-to-back, remember? And he's scoring like 24 fantasy points for you. And at $5,000, that's just meh, right? But then he comes out and he takes 10 shot attempts. And a lot of these shot attempts are dunks are right next to the basket. So he shoots 70%. He's not taking three-pointers, only one, I think, three-pointer so far in the season. And he goes out there and he scores you 37.5 points. Obviously, it helps when you get a double and double and you get 12 rebounds. But when you're taking more shot attempts, when you're taking double the amount of shot attempts four or five more shots than you were taking leads your chances to offensive rebounds and things like that he just had a good game the matchup against Joel Embiid is going to be a little bit brutal here, but he's a center below $5,000 on the slate, especially if Clint Capella gets ruled out. It is a nice sturdy value that you can rely on for about 28 to 30 minutes of play in this game and probably a projection around the mid-20s. And then finally, there's other value on the slate, right? I think that George Hill is a fine value. I think that guy's like in the five carries. You're going to have a Seth Curry who's shooting very well and continue. Historically, you would think to shoot well there. Uh, these are nice value options on the slate. Even more value will open up. Guys like Reggie Bullock, I know people are going to ask me, ah, oh, he's played 41 minutes and 38 minutes in the last two games. I get it. You can play him. He's $4,400. He's the type of value that I try and stay away from. If he gets chalky, if he's not on, then sure, put him in your lineup. But the outside wing players that have to knock down 16 to 18 real life points to actually be getting you there for value because they don't get rebounds and they might pick up one steal or one a block in the game, right? Those are the types of guys that I try and stay away from for value. You might be saying, Sal, that's Dante Axum. No, Dante Axum is a point guard. He starts. He actually picks up assists. And that last game was the concern why he didn't get you there. And this is the reason why people might stay away from him. At $3,600, if Dante Axum is going to be somebody who goes out there and plays 28 minutes in a game, you could expect him to not get zero assists like he did in that last game. Dante Axum is a good assisting guard. He is averaging a 21% assist percentage this year, and that's including having zero assists in the last game in 28 minutes. That's not going to continue to happen. So when Dante Axum goes out there and gets you the 14 points like he did last time, but now instead he's picking up an extra six assists, and now you get an extra nine points, and Dante Axum at $3,600 is scoring you 24 fantasy points, that's where you're going to be getting it from, right? So as people run away from him, as long as he's in the starting lineup again in this very fast-paced game, I'm going to be going to Dante Axum. So don't compare Dante Axum to Reggie Bullock. Dante Axum is nowhere near Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock is somebody who stands in the corner and sure he's a good shooter, but that's all he's going to be doing. Dante Axum will pick you up some steals. He will pick you up some assists. He will also pick you up some blocks. Reggie Bullock's assist percentage, 9.2%, less than half of the assist percentage as Mr. Dante Axum and just a 16% usage rate so far this season for a guy like Reggie Bullock, who's more expensive than Dante Axum. And when Dante Axum has been on the court so far this season in his limited sample, what you're getting out of him is just much more activity all around. You could even look at his small sample size. It's going to change, but a 16% defensive rebounding rate. Right now, Dante Axum, again, this is a small sample. He's only played 80 minutes on this team, but if you want to look at where he ranks overall in the team and rebounding rate. He currently ranks fifth on the team in rebounding rate behind just both centers, Kevin Love and Lamar Stevens, who's a power forward out of Penn State. That's going to change, but of course, he's active in all areas is what I'm trying to get to here. So yes, there's other value, and you can go to Reggie Bullock's, and I really can't say anything bad if he goes out and scores, hits five or six threes, and scores you 25, 26 points. Again, he's 4,400, so it's not really doing much for you, right? He's 6Xing, big deal. He's he's not doing too much for you there, so that's why I don't have him on this list, because I try and stay away from the wing value. I want point guard value, because they can actually pick up assists, they can pick up more steals, things like that. They're on the ball more, and 
And then I also want number one is the biggest key here is center value because centers score the most points in daily fantasy sports. So when you get a Clint Capella at $5,200, yeah, if he's actually going to play 30 minutes today, he is a guy that you say, hey, you know what? We're going to lock him into maybe 100% of our lineups today. So thank you so much for tuning into the weekend edition of this. I'm going to get this edited and up to you on this five game Saturday slate. Please do, if you're still here, hit the like and subscribe. And if you're still here, I mean, the fellows hoodie I'm wearing right now, we got a bunch of merch in the store right now. Let me move this microphone. Bam. Look at that. You can check that out. Brand new microphone. Love it. Uh, but yeah, check all the merch out down below. If you want to sign up for Patreon, no better time than the start of the month and the start of the year for your budget purposes and just logistics to sign up for Patreon. Still have a month, a little bit more than a month with the Super Bowl of NFL content. Golf starts next week and also NBA projections out on Patreon right now. What are you waiting for? Get in there. See you all on probably tomorrow morning for the NFL live stream and tomorrow's Sunday Closing Thoughts podcast for Patreon. You all rock and I'll see you there.